Hello, everybody, and welcome back to welcome back. Welcome back to our podcast, Lives Set Apart. My name's Hannah, and I'm Emily, and we are going to continue talking about random topics through a biblical worldview. I have some brief announcements before we get started. Um, thanks to the work of Emily and her dedication, our Instagram is finally up and running. Can you tell them what the Instagram name is so that they can find it? Uh, it should just be Live Set Apart. It's all lowercase, no spaces. Wow. So, at Lives Set Apart. That actually worked, huh? It did. I realized I should have, I don't know, capitalized it. It just like looked like Lives Set Apart. Wow, that never works. Yeah, it worked first time living set apart and it yeah it's up and running and going we have a few solid followers super fun so (laughs) we and we're officially on i know i've said before we're on spotify we're on apple podcasts we are officially on google podcasts it's all official so for some reason google took a little bit of time but we're okay with that glad to know that now we're official uh because in all of the posts i've put that we're on all three platforms so hopefully no one was oh. disappointed <laughs> <laughs> whoops though and by the time this episode comes out it would have will have already been a while anyway so yeah oh well <laughs> it works out one of those some YOLO people don't know. Moments. YOLO. Right. Nobody says YOLO anymore. Yeah, not really. But sad. Oh well. I'm kind of glad no one says it anymore. People I'm, would do dumb stuff. I'd be like YOLO and jump off a building or something. I don't know. Yeah, people still do dumb stuff. Now, what are they? They probably use a lot of different terms that I don't understand. Probably like, I know this is chuggy, but I don't oh. care. Ugh. Let's just not talk about that word. You know how people have words that gross them out? Moist? Other things? I think chuggy is one of them. But I'm just going to keep saying it because I get the same reaction from you every <laughs> single time. Oh no, I slept, <laughs> slipped my <laughs> secret out. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh. So now you know. That's one of my words. You know, okay, we were talking about this word the other, at work. Uh, one word that somebody doesn't like, bolus. Oh, I love that word. <laughs> I use it all the time. <laughs> in my job. Oh, yeah, in your job, but, like, we were talking about it specifically, speech-related, at oh. my job, and we were talking about a child trying to form, or forming one, mm-hmm. who doesn't chew. Yep. Can I say that? Yeah, anyway. Uh, basically, anyway. <laughs> a lot of kids don't chew their food. Some adults don't. They just swallow it whole. Yep. For real. Anyway. Anyway. One of those weird words. If for anyone who wants to know what a bolus is, it is the food that is processed in your mouth and kind of clumped together into one solid chunk after it's been broken down. And people with dysphagia or swallowing issues, that's what dysphagia means. It's a swallowing impairment. 
have a hard time creating a nice, strong, cohesive bolus. And that's my nerd moment for the day. <laughs> like, I just want to use it in a sentence. Like, you want a bolus tomorrow? We're going to Midway Lanes. I'm talking about bowling. Oh. <laughs> Technically, that's not the correct one. I know. I'm using it in a horrible off-term sentence. <laughs> Has anyone else seen the bolus tractor trailers? Because I've seen lots of those. What? Tractor trailers that say bolus on them. Oh, they do? Yeah. I have no idea. Now you gotta look for it. How? Every time you're on the highway. <laughs> Everyone look for the bolus truck. <laughs> <laughs> and if you uh, have Hannah's number or in a messenger, just, and if you've watched this episode, just message her bolus. Or message the Instagram. Oh, no, you should message Hannah. Okay. <laughs> if you have her in- her information. <laughs> Yay. Though no one did that the last time we did that, and I'm still slightly hurt. Oh, my gosh. Just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Offended. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you know, we can still just do as much as we want and say, you know, hey, if you've listened to this, you know, send us a ice cream cone, etc. But <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's going to happen, and that's okay. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? No, I'm just thinking of something funny I could say that has to do with our topic, but I, it won't make any sense, so I'm not saying it. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Anyway. Okay, our topic for today is going to be convictions. Dun, dun, dun. So this is, I think, a word that, you know, I wouldn't say is totally Christianese. You know, I think when people think of conviction, they think of, um, you know, being found guilty of something. That's not what we're really talking about today. We're talking about how it's defined as more as a strong belief in something. Um, So we're not talking about convicting people of crimes, okay? Um, But in Christian circles, I don't know, would you say convictions is a Christianese term or not really? Well, yeah. Well, maybe not Christianese. I think that's something that the, if a newer believer or somebody might not understand like okay well why do i feel why do i know that this is wrong why do i feel uneasy in certain things or why do i believe what i believe uh not not apologetics but like in regards to certain issues um like the convictions from the holy spirit about certain issues um Mm -hmm. or convictions that we read in god's word that say hey this is how you are to live um in, in learning to, I guess, obey God and do those things where, um, I guess, following those convictions, yeah. um, in a way, I don't know. I feel like I'm still not explaining it well, but it's okay. Like in Christian circles, you'll hear people say, oh, recently I've been convicted by this, or I have this conviction, blah, blah, or the Holy Spirit convicted me, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And that's, yeah, that a lot of it's in relation to sin like if yes. you are um say for example you have been reading a book that you know, or watching a tv show and 
you are fine watching it and then all of a sudden you just feel very uneasy watching it and maybe there's a lot of sex and drugs or profanity and mm. now you're like I don't know and then as you study scripture I mean I feel like I'm stepping into one of the things you're going to say, but That's okay. uh, we'll just in talking about, okay, well, if we are to live a certain way where, you know, where sexual immorality or other th- harsh language, corrupt speaking, if those things aren't, aren't how a believer is supposed to live, then, you know, with the things that we're watching, you know, that kind of puts a conviction on us. Of like, hey, you know, should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to condemn and be like, hey, like you're, you've been bad, you've been watching this show, but to be convicted of, I guess, watching a show, or just convicted of a sin in general. Maybe you've been watching a very inappropriate show that's causing you to sin in a different way or to propel sin. Once you're convicted of that, that means that. It's like, hey, like I need to repent and turn away of these things, um, mm-hmm. because this is not how I should be living. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it can play out, or it can a conviction can form from maybe previously stumbling in an area, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I I can no longer put myself in that situation. I can no longer read this book because I know if I do, it's gonna tempt me. And then I'm good, and then I'm more susceptible to falling into sin. Um, but what I was also gonna say is that for those who are listening that maybe aren't Christians, um, convictions come from the Holy Spirit, and we as Christians believe that God is three in one. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in some church denominations gets talked about a lot, and other denominations not so much, which we might discuss if we do a podcast about denominations. But anyway, um, the Holy we get our convictions from the Holy Spirit or from like reading God's word. Sometimes we're reading the Bible and it's like, man, or we hear a sermon. So God will use multiple things, whether it's through reading his word, the Holy Spirit, some, a conversation maybe you have with somebody to bring that conviction to your attention for those who are in Christ. If you are not in Christ... Um, if you have, if your heart has not been regenerated, you're, it's or not, changed. or changed, you have, you don't have the ability to be convicted of your sin. Yeah. I would, and I think just in saying, yes, we, we are convicted by the Holy Spirit as we read the word and as we like grow in our relationship with the Lord. Yes. Which is kind of what you're saying, but yeah, cause it doesn't, but anyway, so yeah, on that note, we talked about what a conviction is, how you can receive conviction um, as you grow in your walk with Christ um, from, you know, the Holy Spirit um, through as you're reading God's word. Um, it's ultimately God's control, you know, what you're going to be convicted of. He's in control. He's sovereign. Um, but... There are sometimes convictions or strong beliefs that develop that are more personal and not every Christian would necessarily hold to the same belief or um, conviction about something. So you might think, you know, what what does that mean? Um, 
So we'll talk about some that are a little more personal. We'll talk about some issues in the Bible that are a little more explicit commands and how that is, you know, a conviction, but it's also a command. Um, And then why, you know, why this is important. Why is this even relevant to the Christian walk? Um, So without further ado, I was going to talk about some of my personal convictions. And when I say personal, I mean the Bible doesn't explicitly say, don't do this in this specific situation. Um, But through what I've gone through in my life, I've developed these convictions. And again, I'm, I'm open to people disagreeing with me. I'm open to people not having these personal convictions I'm talking about. We're not talking about commands in the Bible, but just personal convictions. And I think it'll make more sense once I give some examples of what those are. Um, Do you have anything to add before I go into those? She's shaking her head no, so that's a no. Okay, so one personal conviction I have as a worship leader is that I will not use Bethel music in a worship set. When I say Bethel music, I mean songs that are produced directly from Bethel. Bethel Church is, for those who don't know, is a very big mega church. Um, And they have some core beliefs that I would say from a biblical standpoint are not scriptural um the biggest and i we could go to into a whole podcast about bethel but i'm just going to give one of my biggest um concerns with why i don't use their music and that is because um bethel they hold the view that jesus completely emptied himself of his full divinity um and, or in other words, it's kenotic or kenotic, I don't know how you say it, theology. Um, so that because Jesus emptied himself completely of his divinity, and essentially he was not different than us in the way that he could perform miracles. So they believe that you can perform the same miracles that Jesus did. You can raise people from the dead. You can cast out demons, all these things. And it basically... Um, takes away that reverence of Jesus, Um, but we know that Jesus did not empty himself of his divinity, Um, because if you read in scripture, um, Jesus calms the storm is a display of his divine power in Mark 4.39. And then in Colossians 2 9 it says in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form so we know that that's just not true so when they're singing about Jesus in their songs they're singing about a Jesus that is not the Jesus of the Bible so that's why I would not use Bethel music in a worship set and that is a personal conviction because you cannot go to the Bible and it will not say do not use Bethel worship music in your worship set you're just not going to find it there um but I can still look to scripture and see, okay, this organization is not promoting biblical truth. And so I'm choosing to not bring that into my church. Um, 
because I don't want to spread or indirectly promote any false teaching. So that's one example of a personal conviction that I have. Uh, Emily, would you like to share a personal conviction that you have, one that's related, not related, before we keep going? Related to what, the music thing? I said it can be related or unrelated, doesn't matter. Um, uh, keep going, sorry, come back to me later. Okay, we're gonna circle back. Um, so that that's one that more has to do with, you know, in terms of leading. Um, another personal conviction that I have um, is, and this is a more recent one, but I personally feel convicted not to wear leggings in public without my lower half of my body covered. Um, and this started when I was in a dating relationship, and I did listen to a podcast by Dale Partridge, which was amazing, talking about biblical modesty for women specifically, and just how men are wired to be such visual beings. And Dale Partridge, I'm going to misquote him, but he basically made a statement saying, you know, do you want men to devour you with their eyes when you are walking about your day um, or not? And that was enough for me to <laughs> think, wow, I really, I don't want people to be lusting after me. Um, and people are going to lust no matter what, but if you, but I was thinking is if there's a way I can kind of eliminate that in some way or not maybe lead someone to be tempted, I, I'm going to do that um, because I want to, I want to honor the body that God gave me. Um, and again, this is not something you're going to find directly in scripture. You're not going to flip to a passage and it's going to say, don't wear leggings with your backside exposed you know you're not going to find that in scripture directly so I wouldn't I wouldn't try to push this onto someone else and say you need to do this um, because the Bible isn't a hundred percent explicit about it um, but we can read in first Corinthians 12 and again I'm not using this to say this is exactly related to my conviction I'm just talking about how the Bible does comment about certain body parts are treated with more modesty. Um, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 22 to 24, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our presentable parts are treated, or and sorry, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. So, you know, it does talk about how certain parts of our body are treated with greater modesty. So take what you will of that. But that is a personal conviction of mine. And I have felt genuinely better and more comfortable in public since I have in implemented that. So, uh, yeah. Emily, any thoughts? About modesty or other things? Modesty... Any personal convictions you have? Um, I guess in regards to the modesty thing, I think I, I think people have varying forms of like 
modesty in a way. Like, yep. there are some uh, specific denominations or maybe people with stronger convictions where, like, ladies are not wearing pants at all. They're wearing skirts, um, completely covering up. Some of them wear head coverings, at, like, whatever. That's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because nowhere does the like I don't think the Bible says you need to women can't expose an ankle or like your arms or whatever don't expose your nose but I think there is you know I think it is important to look at your reasonings for wearing what you do wear as a believer um is it is it a good idea not that I wear crop tops but like if you're a believer should you wear a crop top or other things or you know if you're wearing a dress you know shorter like a shorter dress like is is that is that edifying in a way what are your motivations behind wearing a lot of things and I think I don't know the leggings having someone something covering your bottom like if your lady wearing leggings uh, I think that's a great idea and I think there, but and I think some people just stop there, or maybe they do that and wear longer dresses. Some mm-hmm. people won't wear shorter. I remember when you bought a crap ton of longer dresses. Yeah, you were super excited. You're like ah, modesty. Yep, because I used to wear shorter dresses, and I didn't feel like I was honoring the Lord. They weren't like super short though. Maybe to you they were super duper duper short. It's all like what you feel like exactly about. because some people are not going to feel convicted about that. Well, I mean, there, I think there is a shortness of where it's kind of like, hey, like I don't want to see your butt cheek. Yeah, but, but and especially, <laughs> I've had some traumatic wardrobe malfunctions as well. So I just I'm very sensitive when it comes to clothes. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I think I think it's important too look that and it maybe it might not be as extreme as you know whatever but in I don't know wearing long maybe longer stuff doing that like I think like that's one of the areas where I'm not like super like oh my gosh like I need to make sure everything is like super long but I do I am more a more aware of like maybe what I am wearing um aware of what you're wearing Um, but even then that's like, that's not a hard, modesty is a personal conviction that I do have, but it's, it's, it's weird because it's one of those that isn't like at the forefront compared to like something like alcohol, Mm. um, which I guess you'll, you'll probably share about that, but I can, um, like, (laughs) uh, so Alcohol and the Christian is an interesting relationship because I think, you know, alcohol is not prescribed as, it, it's not, in, in and of itself, it's not a bad thing. Um, uh, there is nothing that says, do not drink alcohol. And there is not a scripture that says, you know, drink as much alcohol as you want um, with alcohol and, and with all convictions i think of that verse that we talked about um uh everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial um so to have a cup of or you know a small glass of alcohol that's 
fine if you can handle it. Now, if you're someone who comes from a background with partying or abuse of alcohol, I mean, that might be something that you have stronger convictions about. Maybe you're not going to touch alcohol because of your past. And I think, and and that's totally okay. Um, if there's someone who has a, like, for me personally, like, I will, I'll have, like, a glass or, like, something like that. I like a good IPA or certain things um, every once in a while, mostly with people. <laughs> but I'm very cautious because, first of all, I, I know personally I like the taste of it. But, uh, you know, alcoholism runs in my family. And so that's something, you know, I'm just, I'm cautious about. So as a personal conviction, like I will say, I will have alcohol. However, it's only going to be one glass and it's going to be people who are of age, um, probably more in a private setting. Um, And if there's someone who does, if there were to be somebody who say was hanging out with me who doesn't drink alcohol, for whatever reason, I'm probably not going to drink alcohol. Um, actually, as a rule, I, not as a rule, I just mostly don't drink anyway. If there's other options, I'll take it. But it's kind of all just, like, I'm not going to say, and it's hard because it also doesn't apply if, if there's a non-believer who just wants to drink all the alcohol. They're <laughs> like, well, why aren't you drinking, like, alcohol? I don't know. I, I can't force, I can't enforce my conviction of, hey, right. if you're underage... I'm not going to, like, support you in drinking. Um, Fine, they can go somewhere else to get someone to buy them alcohol. Mm -hmm. But that's just personally, like, because I want to, you know, in setting an example in that way. Um, And also, but, but also in the scriptures, okay, sorry, circling around. I feel like I'm all jumbled, but... Though it's not said, said, like, you can't drink alcohol, we are told as a way to live is not to be drunk with wine. We are, we are, cause so, so that is something that we are told how we are not to live. So I think that's also for the Christian who's like, well, I can have as much alcohol as I want because Jesus said we, like there's no limitation. Jesus, Jesus turned water into wine so I can just drink all the alcohol I want. I would, I would kind of push back against that because we are mm-hmm. not to live in that way. There are also other things that we are, like not to live with as well you know it, it with with anger with um malice and sexual morality so like that's on the list of actually i think it's multiple lists in like the the epistles and the letters but mm-hmm. um yeah there's do you have anything to add on the alcohol thing no i think that's that's true i think if you are, like Emily said, a Christian, you're trying to say, well, I can, like, live my life abundantly and drink as much alcohol I, I want, like, no, you can't. It's the, I mean, well, you can, but the Bible is, commands, you know, it doesn't say, you might not want to get drunk on wine. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So, that is a command. There's no way around it, that language is very command mm-hmm. <laughs> heavy. So, and also it just, what's your reason behind it? Mm-hmm. Why, why do you feel the need to engorge yourself with mm-hmm. alcohol? You know, there's, there's probably a heart 
issue there if you think, well, I'm just going to get wasted instead of relying on Jesus. You know, God cares most about our hearts. So what's what's the motive? And I think you brought that up yeah. too, Emily, of like, why are you choosing to dress the way you're dressing? Is it because you want to attract attention to yourself or is it because you want to glorify God in your body? Mm-hmm. Same thing with alcohol. Yep. And and all, I think that all the other things that we're like going to talk about. Um, oh, I was going to say something and then I completely lost it. It's fine. But it's it was okay. about alcohol. But, and, and like, like we're saying, there's, and I don't, well, you didn't say it specifically, but there's nothing, I, I personally don't think there's anything wrong with it, like a glass oh, of yeah. like wine, a bottle of, I don't know, an, an IPA. We, yeah. you know, well, back before you were pregnant. <laughs> I'm not currently drinking. Yeah, no, Hannah's not drinking. But like back before, it's like, okay, like, yeah, we're going to have. Like IPAs or when we go out to eat, like mm-hmm. we're going to have like a Corona or something. Cool. Like there's nothing wrong with like that. Alcohol, mm-hmm. God, cre- God, God has created, you know, this thing, but you know, it's just important on how we use it. And yeah, I feel like there's more that I wanted to say about that, but it's completely gone. So we can just keep on moving. Okay. No, that's, that's good. That is like that you said that. Before we get into more of the convictions that are also very clearly laid out as commands in scripture, I just had an interesting question for you, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, because I was, as I was preparing for this, I had (sighs) some thoughts. (sighs) So, Hypothetical. This is a pre uh, no, not pre uh, This is a conviction thing. It a it personal... does have to do with predestination, though. <laughs> so, okay, but it's a conviction thing because it's yeah. Okay, keep so going. say someone is they're in the dating phase and they're like, uh, and they say, I feel convicted not to date somebody who doesn't believe in predestination. Would you say that that's fair to say? Or would you say that's a legitimate conviction? Or would you say that's unfair to say or that's a legitimate conviction? <laughs> I think unpopular opinion would say that it's... I, I, it's unpopular, but I would say it's a legitimate conviction. Um, but it's a personal conviction. A legitimate personal conviction. But, it's, it, but though I think many would say it's unfair, um, I think there are many people who would say oh yes i would believe in predestination um but if i were to meet somebody and even if they didn't hold that same view like i'd be okay with it um personally like uh, as someone who like i know that's not a number one issue like it's not mm-hmm. a primary issue of salvation right. of um like the trinity uh, of those key key like main beliefs that like if you are to deviate from those then you are you're 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 speaking heresy you're not talking about the same gospel the same jesus um but i think it's it i think it's a fair personal conviction and hey if you disagree like let me know I, i'd be interested to hear your reasoning <laughs> why but my reason for saying that is that like there are certain, if you're in a certain denomination, there might be some doctrine that you don't agree with, right? And I think 
like seeing the tension in some people's relationships if they don't align on the same issues like maybe if you're not outspoken about things with your convictions it might not be an issue but I don't know at least I know for me I think that could be an issue if there was someone who like heavily disagree if there's someone who's like okay like I'm interested in learning more I think I agree with it okay that's fine but if they're like absolutely not this is no (laughs) then I'm probably like you're still a brother in Christ however I don't know that this would like work as a I would want to be on the same page um but I like I said I'd be interested to hear people's thoughts on it because that's just like I said that's that's I that's actually not a super firm personal conviction, but it is it is a conviction that I think yeah. in looking for some sort of like relationship, like you want to be on the, I would at least want to be on the same page with pretty much everything. There are only a few issues where I'd be like, I'm indifferent about or I haven't s- studied about, but anyway. I just thought of another off-topic question that I'm gonna, <laughs> what if you were dating a guy and they're like, you must wear a head covering? <laughs> Oh man. Uh well, I feel like I like just is this head covering at church? Yeah, like in church settings, like f- just for church service basically. Um well, I haven't done much study on head coverings. Um I've heard like through someone like Dale Partridge or other thing like their thoughts on, like mm-hmm. if it's biblical. Um what would constitute a head covering if it was like oh like a he- like a little headband or if it has to be like a little bonnet. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. I think I'd have to further like Research. think on that. Yeah. Um now if they were like if a head covering was one thing but they were like no, you have to wear skirts. You cannot wear pants. <laughs> I'd be like, be like uh, bye. Uh, I don't know. I just, I'd have. I think that would be something you have to be seriously convicted on yourself, like to pray through and look through. Because, like I said, they, I, modesty is important. There is a way that I think a woman should like, dress that. and present mm-hmm. themselves. However, like it looks different. Like, yeah, I could tell you how one, what, what wouldn't be cool but also those extremes it's just like it's like i'm i don't feel convicted of those things so how how can i be like yes i'm gonna do it no matter what right that's where prayer and other things come in but that's a besides the topic yeah um before you get into more of like the command things are you gonna list some of the other like topics that could be more of like just convictions like rather Uh, personal convictions rather than yeah, I was going to go back to okay, go back. I just not sure. really elaborate as much, but yeah. I was going to go back to okay. your answer about predestination because I also have the same stance oh. as Emily and but you I had to predestined I had man? to think through it because I was like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. Is this just an opinion?" And what what helped me was going to scripture, which we should always go to the Bible. In Ephesians, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And so, like, I, to me, that scripture, I can't get around it. It's, it says he predestined us for adoption. Um, 
so I would I would say it is a conviction rather than an opinion uh, because the Bible talks about it explicitly but it's not something that everyone holds even though the Bible touches it it's not something I'm going to push on someone else but I remember when I was you know dating my now husband I told him I was like you know just so you know I'm a four points girl four points I'm a five. I was going to be like, you're only four points? I'm a five points girl, which if you know, you know, but it stands for... (laughs) If you know, you know. It stands for tulip, okay? The doctrine of grace. Doctrine of grace. And he he was like, he was like, all right. And I was like, yes. It was like, it was like instant confirmation. Because my whole issue with it was, I... We'd be reading the Bible in a completely different lens if he was thinking, you know, I can choose my salvation and I'm over here saying, no, we, it's predestined for us. How are we going to teach our kids, you know, as one unit what the Bible says, especially about salvation? You know, it's, it's pretty important. So not that I'm saying it's a salvation issue. I'm saying no, just the a, way you would teach it. It's a further you like, would going have into conflict. things. Yeah. And I was like, I can't have conflict with my husband in how we teach scriptures. <laughs> That's what it came down to for me. So anyway, I agree with Emily and I was really curious about her thoughts. Um, Did you know I was going to say that? Nope. I really didn't know. You didn't know? I mean, I don't know. I didn't think too much. It was kind of a... But my other personal, (laughs) I'll say before I get into it, is, um, you know, I I personally feel convicted not to use recreational marijuana. Um, That's something that scripture, you know, you're not going to find a scripture in the Bible that talks about marijuana. But I, to me, that's not having a sober mind. I don't feel like I'm honoring God in that way. So I... I, I will abstain from that. And you could have a further conversation in with that because that's also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where you can go deep, but anyway. You can. Um, and I, I also agree with Emily that I won't, I won't drink under certain situations. Um, I do, like Emily was saying, we, you know, we drink IPAs together, but... Um, you know, I won't drink in front of um, underaged people um, in, other, in other contexts. Um, I won't go into a ton of detail there because Emily kind of touched on that. There are some things that some people would say are sinful that I don't necessarily think are sinful. Like, I don't think it's sinful to get tattoos to have piercings same um i'm not convicted against those things so those are kind of just a few more yeah personal things yeah the the tattoos and things. it's actually funny uh because in well when you were when we talked about doing this podcast um my sister's boyfriend actually was like so you know you're religious and all, but why do you have all these tattoos? Oh, and your piercings. He's like, you're pretty. You know, you got a lot going on for someone who believes in oh. God. Not like like with tattoos and piercings, because if I don't, if you haven't seen me in person, which probably most of you have, um, lots of tattoos or not, I have a handful of tattoos. Handful. And more tattoos or more piercings than tattoos. And he was like, well, you know, what's up with that? And just kind of me saying hey you know you can look at 
you know, it's it's not there. There are some things in the Old Testament that kind of does that does say something against specific things. But for me personally, um, I'm not convicted of you know having that that having tattoos and piercings is a sin. Now, what what kind of tattoos are you putting on your body? What kind of piercings? I think those would kind of more constitute like is this you know desiring to follow God or not? Um, cause at least for me, a lot of my, my tattoos, they do have meanings and they do have a purpose and they're not very big. I only have one big one and they're not placed where it's like everybody's drawing it. It's not drawing attention to like myself. Um, but I think that, I don't know. I, it, like I said, it just depends on, I think of like what kind of tattoo what someone wants on their body. Um, is that going to glorify God? Is it going to cause someone to stumble? Is it, um, yeah, is it bringing you closer to the Lord in that way? Um, those are things to consider because tattoos and piercings are permanent. You know, they're not something that's just there for fun. Um, and I don't know. I was reading this, sorry, side note and then you can get back to it um i was reading this article and got questions that talks about it. it's like okay well um someone was saying like if your parents thought like um if your parents are like don't get a tattoo well we're called to honor our father and mother so if you're under their house and they're like we don't want you to get a tattoo um then the obedient thing to obey God and your parents would be to not get a tattoo and to do it under their house and their, their roof, that would probably be disobedience, which was, is not honoring God. Um, which was something that I read and I was like, huh, that's interesting. But yeah, but I, I don't know. Anyway, so tattoos and piercings. Yeah. Though, if any of you are listening and you are convicted against them, I want to know why. So message us mm-hmm. on Instagram because I'm open to I'm open to hearing, you know, why you would maybe think the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so anything else about that before we go on to kind of our next? No, I'm just I was just trying to think of like if there are any other like categories. Like I feel like there's lots, but there we are. can't really get into all of them. Like more like entertainment purposes, I guess would be another one that would just be. Like, okay, Personal. well, what are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you doing? Like, I don't know. Like, just side note, some, some Christians will watch Game of Thrones or some other high nudity, high violence, Bridgerton. High, high profanity, like, shows, and they're not convicted that those are wrong. Um so herein lies a personal conviction, but also is something that is not cool at the same time. But then people will watch all these other movies and TV shows, and then but that gets you in a whole different rabbit hole. And maybe we can talk about entertainment, like movies and shows, and like secular music another day because we don't have time for that today. We should do that. Music and movies. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, there's, and we're just touching on it. So, you know, these are some personal convictions. There's a lot more we can go into. <laughs> so much more. Um, we don't have the time for that. We might need to do but we, follow-ups. We won't. We will keep going just for the sake of, you know, this is of a going. overview of convictions. 
not a deep dive into every single (laughs) one or just every single category we like to do our episodes where we have one if we're going in depth about one category we will have one episode set aside for that yes um so now we're gonna get into some territory where you know these are convictions that a christian should have if they are saved and I say should because they are God's commands in Scripture. And if you believe God's word is inerrant, then you should take these commands very seriously. So, first one I'm going to talk about is sex, okay? Before, or I should say, when I became a Christian, I was heavily convicted to not have sex before marriage. And at that time in my life, there was a lot of outside things going on that really propelled me to have a very strong and deep personal feeling about this. And even leading up to it, I, before I was a Christian, I, you know, struggled with this area and I won't get into details, but I remember finding a verse online that, that was very clear that what I was doing was wrong and... I didn't want to hear it at that time. And then when God was gracious to save me, I was like, yep, this is this is not happening. But if you're a Christian, you're saying, well, hold up. Like, I don't see anything wrong with it. If you go to, there's multiple scriptures, but the one I like is 1 Corinthians six eighteen. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Okay, it doesn't say you should. It's, it says flee, like very clearly. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Okay? So, what is sexual immorality? That is a huge umbrella. Okay? It's more than just sex. Okay? It's engaging in any kind of physical activity that is causing you to lust. Okay? To not honor your body. Again, it comes back to your heart. Why do you feel like you need to be having sex as a Christian before you're married? Mm-hmm. Why would you say you have that feeling when we know God has totally satisfied us? Now, those feelings can be there, and God put those feelings there, and I'm not saying that that desire is inherently bad, but when we are in the territory of going against God's commands, there's consequences for that sin. So if you say, oh, the Bible doesn't say I can't have sex, well, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It it says flee from sexual immorality. So I don't know how you can, you know, necessarily get around it. I don't know if you want <laughs> if you want to add that exactly or some scenarios of people might be like well I know the Bible doesn't say this but yeah um I think well just to say like some things that would be included under that sexual morality um mm-hmm. we're talking about pornography we're mm. talking about the big oh I don't like this word masturbation we're talking about like you said anything about you against yourself um um we, we're even what's under that umbrellas of of sexual morality would be um 
like same-sex relationships, uh, yeah. homosexuality, yeah. Um, that's under that banner. So those are things that we are to, to flee from. Um, and actually, Hannah's going to talk a little bit more about that next. But just in regards to some situations that like aren't in the Bible, um, one thing that comes up in my mind uh, is like if you're dating someone and you want to live with someone before you get married... Um, the Bible does not say, thou shalt not live with your, spa- uh, with your partner before you get married. It doesn't say that. Um, it, do- it doesn't mention living with your significant other before you get married. However, we do know that we're, we're to flee sexual morality. That's lust. That's those, those feelings. And if you really like someone, if you, you know, are really attracted to someone, you're going to want to do things with them, right? <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm just going to use that wording. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Things get tense. God gave us emotions. Things get tense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking at Hannah because I was there through the dating process of Hannah and Owen. They really liked each other. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> now we're married. <laughs> They're married. But yeah. It, but if you are, so if you're wanting to do that things with that person, and even if you say, we're going to live together, but we're not going to sleep in the same bed. Like we're going to be just be in the same house. That's just a bad idea. I, I think that's just a really, really bad idea because maybe you're not in the same bed with them, but what are you thinking about? What are you lusting towards? What is your desire to be uh, or desire to be what's your desire to be doing actually in that moment so i think though the bible does not talk about living together before you're married it does talk about fleeing the lust and all of those things which do come alongside in a relationship if like there is like stuff going on there like attraction and you you know Mm -hmm. you really like that person so you want to marry them exactly it's it's not so people's idea of try before you buy you know oh well how do i know if i don't like this person if i don't live with them you know well that's where and unfortunately there are there are instances where there has been abuse that happens because you don't know what happens uh in that person's personal life until you live together but that's where, as a believer, you trust God that in making these decisions that, you know, he will help work things out if, if unfortunately, something, something comes up and that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's my, those are my two cents. And, you know, this, this is going to get controversial, you know, for some people listening. Next. Um, because Emily, you know, did bring up something under the umbrella of sexual morality. Um, and that is you know same-sex attraction okay same-sex marriage same-sex relationship well i wouldn't even call it marriage but relationships relationships you know yeah not marriage (laughs) but just same-sex relations if you think that god doesn't have an opinion about same-sex attraction you're wrong because there (laughs) there are a few scriptures that talk about what god thinks about that um, I think of Leviticus twenty. 13. Oh, you're bringing we're bringing in Leviticus. Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with that? Oh, I I feel like that's 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 one of the never mind. We're not gonna go into that. I was gonna bring up a New Testament okay. one too. Yeah. Why Sorry. do you have something I trapped, to add? I trapped you. Sorry. Keep on going. What's wrong with no? I want to know what's wrong. No, with no, Leviticus? it's not. It's not. It's not bad to bring up Leviticus. I think that's a, an area that I think people go to directly 
which it's it's in scripture that's so that's important um but some there are some people who believe that it's only mentioned in like the old testament and which not it's in not. the new testament and so a lot of people like expect you to go to the leviticus passage to do that but sorry but i have another one that's i know not. sorry i threw you off Okay, My so bad. we're going to start with the Old Testament one, and then for people who think, well, it's not in the New Testament, I can share a New Testament one. So Leviticus 20.13 says, If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. Okay, an abomination. That's not a positive word. Okay? They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. Some people might say, oh, but Jesus fulfilled the law. Blah, blah, blah. It's not talked about. Well, guess what? Turn to You can turn to a few... There's um, also a, a verse in Romans that I don't have here that talks about men um, giving themselves up to men. But, Romans 1. But um, I said Romans as, as like as well. Yeah. Not Romans. Don't go Romans 2, Romans 1. That, did I say something weird? No, no, no. Okay. I, I was just saying you said you didn't have the verse and I was just saying Romans 1 just as. Yeah. And like, then there's a verse in Mark, Mark 10, 6 through 9. Therefore, um, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And, oh, whoops, sorry. This talks about marriage. There is another scripture that talks about sexual, or that talks about same-sex attraction that I did come up with, and I'm going to look at it. But, but, that, but that does. But this is yeah. important because it, it talks about God's design for yeah. marriage. So, but from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. Okay, not his husband. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Okay, so that's clearly God's design for marriage. He makes it very clear it's to be between a man and a woman. I know we were talking about relations, not marriage specifically um i'm going to go to romans one and just before you say that i was just gonna say like though like hannah brought up that definition of marriage that jesus gives like a man and a woman um and you can look at that but anytime that sexual immorality or any of those things is brought up, that is included under it. Um, same thing with adultery. Same thing with, um, like, pornography and other things. Like, those are included in the sexual immorality. So, therefore, like, yes, Hannah's pulling up Romans and other, there are specific verses, but anytime it talks about those things, that's what we are to flee. And, of course, obviously, it, like we said, this is, it's a controversial topic, which, Unfortunately, and, and of course, <laughs> talking about it in the month of June even makes it more controversial. But hey, we're standing on the word of God here. Um, but I just wanted to say that. But bring your scripture. Yeah, so then Romans 1 verses 26 through 27. So um, God is talking about people who have exchanged the truth about God for a lie. So these are people that are not believers. He said, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts 
with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So again, this is not a positive, this is not positive language, okay? God is not condoning this. He's not supporting it. So again, it's controversial, but if you truly believe that the God, the word of God is inerrant and you're not, following this then you don't actually believe his word is inerrant and you don't actually believe his word is good enough and perfect if you can't sit with these scriptures and come to a place where you can agree with it so um we don't have a ton of time so i'm just going to briefly go through some other convictions there are also commands in scripture i'm not going to get through all of them um but I also have a conviction um, not to swear, and this is one someone could probably debate me in or disagree with me with, but um, in Ephesians it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear, and so that's, yeah, Ephesians 4.29, I, when I read that scripture, swearing to me is corrupting talk so therefore when it says let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths that's a command therefore i feel convicted not to do that um doesn't mean i don't mess up sometimes and then i i ask for forgiveness but someone i'm sure people could you know disagree with matt and i'm and i'm open to hearing disagreements uh and then another one um, I am personally convicted, this is before marriage, not to date an unbeliever. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together for, with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? So again, it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Okay, and someone might say, Well, they say they're a Christian. They say they read their Bible, but what? where is the fruit in their life? Okay? God says that we will, you know, be known, or that his people will be known by their their fruits. Okay? I'm, I'm misquoting that slightly, but you can type that into Google, and I'm sure it'll send you the verse, the direct verse. Do they have fruit in their life? Are they involved in church? Are they reading their Bible? Do you see a, a change? Do, do they act in a way that is set apart and they're going about their daily lives? And if you can't answer that confidently with a yes, with a resounding yes, you may want to reconsider. So, before I keep going, do you have any like convictions that are also, you know, you can find them as commands in the Bible? that you want to touch on? No. Okay. So, and again, we're, sorry this is going a little long, but there's a lot to cover here, and I think this has been a really good podcast because I think it's given us ideas of different topics to go more in-depth with in future episodes. So, you know, that's kind of a, a good thing that we can glean from this, but, you know, why is this important okay why as a christian is it important to submit to commands in scripture 
and the convictions that have been given to you. Um, so we know as Christians we're commanded to submit to the Lord, and that includes, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That includes His Word, okay? So there's, there's not really a way around it. Uh, I liked some verses, or I liked a few quotes that I got from Got Questions that talked about personal convictions. Um, they said, personal convictions keep us on point and remind us of what matters most. They help us to endure temptation without compromise. Uh, they help, they're important because they help us to stand firm when this world is uncertain and changing. And then a verse that I really, really liked that I feel like just sums up why it's just so much better to follow what God is leading you to do and his word um, rather than like our flesh is Romans 8, 5 through 6. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So when we are filled with the Spirit, as we read God's Word, as we pray, as we spend time with believers, as we're convicted, we're able to experience life and peace, and that's only through, we're only able to do that through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. So through his death and resurrection on the cross, we have his Spirit. We are made right before holy and perfect God. We have been saved from hell. And we have the ability now to discern, you know, right from wrong, not in every situation because we're human and we're not going to be, per, you know, perfected in love until we meet Christ face to face. But we're able to have those convictions because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And that's not there until, you know, one is saved, one's heart is changed by the work of Christ. So we can praise him for that and we can, we can have joy in that. And I just encourage anyone listening who has questions or might be confused by that, just please, you know, send a message in our Instagram and, and reach out. But, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of content there. A lot of, you know, we're trying to put a lot into one whole episode. Um but I think it's important, again, and we say this a lot, is just what is your heart's motive for doing things? Is there something telling you in the back of your mind, okay, you probably shouldn't be doing this. Are you going to act on that and allow the Lord to convict you, or are you going to push that away? You know, it's it's up to you, but we know that falling and being... Um, living in light of um, the Spirit and, and relying on God's Word, that produces life and peace. And we know that otherwise we are susceptible to following the flesh, which is death. So that's all I have to wrap up this topic. Emily, do you have anything else that you would like to share? Any housekeeping things I'm missing or... Anything like that? Alrighty. 
So that concludes our episode for today. Thank you for listening, and we really appreciate you guys and your feedback. So have a nice day. Peace out.